Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 231, Runaways, Season 1, Episode 6, Metamorphosis. Hello, and welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. This is a Runaways episode, and so that means it's me, Ben, joined with him, Evan. Hello. (laughs) That's us, and we're here to talk about Runaways, because Runaways is still, as far as we know, part of the MCU. Yep. Uh, Nothing maybe, to the contrary. Yeah. we. Uh, there's still Pez dispensers on the wall, <laughs> um, but they're still way out of focus. So while you can kind of see a red splotch with two fuzzy white splotches sitting on top of a blue Pez dispenser... Uh, the actual details of what they are are harder to f- to f- make out. So clearly, a Pez dispenser of Bugman, <laughs> one of the fictional superheroes that exists in the MCU. See now, you know, up until the Fox Disney merger, we could have been saying, uh, you know, that could have been Deadpool. Yeah, you know, because maybe Marvel Comics and X Men exist in in the. Uh, you know, the MCU as comic books, but no, no. By the way, that reminds me of one of my favorite comic series. I need to loan this to you unless you've already read it. It's um, Marvel's, not Marvel's. Oh, man, yes. Not Marvel's. Love, no, not, not Marvel's. Marvel's. Okay, I love it's, Marvel. It's something else. Oh, what do they call it? Kingdom Come. No, no, it's not anywhere close to that. It's <laughs> it's published. Basically, they published like five or six titles as if they are comics that exist in the Marvel universe. Oh, interesting. So the Spider-Man one, I think it's, it's like produced or funded or something by J. Joe Majanison. And it makes him look like a bad guy. (laughs) And the daredevil one, he's actually like this devilish character. And the captain America one is drawn by quote, Steve Rogers. Um, because huh. there's a while in Marvel Comics history where Steve Rogers was drawing Captain America comic books for Marvel Comics. Oh, that's um, interesting. And then the the Fantastic Four one is actually officially sponsored by the Fantastic Four Foundation. And so it's all these kind of what do they look like as fictional characters within their own universe. Right. So this actually kind of goes toward your theory then, Evan, of – Pez just going ahead and publishing something, you know, instead of asking permission, they just, oh, there's that superhero guy and we're just going to do his mask. Um, I, I because, like that. They did that in the Ultimate Comics. They, they don't always use Spider-Man without his permission and he was always mad. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's a cool comic series. I don't know if it's ever, ever been reprinted in any form and there's actually then they, they did one issue that was just kind of uh, like, here's a look at the history of Marvel Comics. But it's, again, as if 
it exists in the universe with, huh. with the, the characters. So it, it's cool. Cool. But, you know, yeah, I mean, the X-Men could have existed as comic books in, uh, you know, as fictional characters within the MCU, but they never really could do that as far as having permission to do that. So, you know, what I think is funny is they the Marvel comic characters exist as fictional characters in the CW verse. Yeah, that is kind of funny. You told me about that. <laughs> it makes several references of like, huh interesting <laughs> it makes sense though it makes sense that everything fictional would exist except for the dc comics or, right yeah yeah well and and plenty of times uh marvel comics characters were going to star wars you know and yeah yeah and that kind of thing so uh, it, it's interesting to think about like what is the fiction of the world of this fictional world um my feeling is and and this is something it comes up in in uh, in the book that I'm writing actually, uh, which I'm not going to talk about too much other than to say my feeling would be in a world of superheroes, superhero movies and superhero comic books wouldn't be the big sellers because mm, because it's like regular life you know right. and you know we have so many movies about movie writers. But well, nobody really watches them. Nobody really cares about because they're just regular people, you know. But a lot of people read Tom Clancy and he's writing about military stuff. That's true. That's true. I just feel like if you have something stranger than fiction happening right outside your door, you're not going to be as as apt to be interested in fiction unless it's something stranger. So Star Wars, Stranger Things, just because of the word, um, those kind of things I would imagine would be popular still in a world that has superheroes, but just superhero stuff would be less yeah. popular. I think, I think superhero stuff would be regulated to the popularity of the military fiction or the police procedural. Yeah. Yeah. Because cause it is more exciting than your life and you are watching it from afar on the news and you don't get that up close and personal drama that would go with being a superhero. So I think it'd still be, you know, Maybe, but if in a it, world, it'd be like Marvels. Yeah, well, but in a world with, uh, uh, you know, people like Fantastic Four who are letting people have access to their lives, you know, it's, it's oh, they're just they're regular people. Look at that, they do pranks on each other, like Thing and Human Torch. <laughs> well, their so. wedding was the most televised event in like Marvel history, or something. <laughs> I would believe that. So. <laughs> All right. So anyway, <laughs> enough comic talk, but that's what we do here. You know, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The first word is Marvel. Indeed. And that's because it has its history in in the comics. And we enjoy doing that. And one more last thing about comics. Um, I'm not going to spoil what happens in the comics. Uh, I do talk about uh, what happens in the Runaways comics, that first story arc over on Comic Book Time Machine. Um, I will just say once more, highly recommended. I, I'm not going to say why other than I enjoyed reading the Runaways comics. If you can get the collection from your library, I believe you can read it on Marvel Unlimited, which is the kind of Marvel Comics iTunes subscription kind of thing. Um, maybe it's closer to Spotify where you're able to Spotify premium where you can just choose whatever you want to listen to whenever you want to. But um, I would recommend reading runaways. If you're liking the TV show, read the comic book, at least the first 18 issues of the first storyline. I, I highly recommend. So with that said, Evan, 
mm-hmm. it's time for us to talk about episode six of Runaways. And um, we are not going to talk too much about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, because I have a feeling a lot of listeners who are going to listen to Runaways uh, episodes from our podcast are actually probably not necessarily listening to them as we drop them, but are going to be coming back to things um, because they're going to maybe binge Runaways for example, right, uh, Daniel, my former co-host, I say former because I haven't had him on, on the podcast with me for a long time, but he's co-creator of the podcast with me. And he is planning to just wait until he has a chance to binge, which will mean he'll be listening to it or watching it rather probably in 2020, maybe 21. <laughs> and he'll listen to the podcast then. But yeah, well, yeah. so we're going to be I- careful and just kind of keep conversation Spoiler free for Netflix and and that kind of thing as much as possible. Yeah, my wife is upset about the uh, that they're releasing them each week instead of dropping it all at once because she would much rather binge it. (laughs) And uh... (laughs) it is kind of a weird synthesis because it appears on Hulu, you know, every Tuesday, Um, but then because it's on Hulu. It na- that naturally lends itself to that binge watching streaming kind of thing. Right. And well, I will say this though. I feel like the episodes are episodic and I feel like when we get to the end of an episode, I want more, but at the same time, I feel like I've gotten a story and I'm ready for the next one, but I'm not necessarily, you know, screaming at the, at the screen, please, you know, like yeah. with with De- with Daredevil, there are a lot of times where you're just like, oh, I just got to watch the next one. Oh, I just got to. I, I, I can't stop. I can't stop with Runaways. I feel like you could you could stop it more easily. It's still compelling. I, and I'd agree with that. but it, yeah. so we are talking about episode Metamorphosis and we start with our pre credits sequence. And that is 15 years ago. And we get to see the parents get together for the first time as pride. Um, we see Jeffrey and Catherine and they're with Dr. Doom or the former Dr. Doom, whose name is Jonah. And he's kind of the, I don't know, the patron maybe of the team. He's the one who's pulled the pride together for his purposes that are not revealed yet, but he's giving Jeffrey and Catherine a mansion with the basement where, the kids saw their parents doing the whole um, secret cult thing. And they ask about the basement and Jonah's explanation was, yeah, you're going to be doing things. You don't want your neighbors to hear. So then the group gets together for the first time and they bring out a kid named Brooks and they put him in the box and he disappears and, and they're shocked, but they all as shocked as they are, can't get out of this now because they all accepted Jonah's gifts and well, it's got a, yeah, it's on videotape. Yeah. And they were recorded doing this and Tina and Leslie knew that they were being recorded. I mean, they they're in on a lot of this stuff here. Um, and basically we end that whole segment with, we made a deal with the devil and the devil will have his due. And Jonah is the devil that they are talking about. And then we go to today and Jonah wants to come out of the 2001 hotel room and he wants to go to the fundraiser for the school, which has to do with some sort of thing where they're, I don't know what they're doing there, but the school building is cover for something else, some other bigger project that they're working on as the pride. 
Leslie does not want him to come out. He mentions or she mentions their daughter again, says she does want him to meet her, but uh, she embraces him and gives an embrace look. And you know what happens on Runaways when you give an embrace look? It means whatever you just got done saying, you want to hug them because you just can't help yourself in looking sad that you have lied to someone or you are hiding something from them. And Leslie is she's worried. She's worried. But. Let's talk about the first pride meeting. Okay. Uh, Tina, new to her wand. It's it's fairly yeah. new. And we're going to find out more so about the wand later, it. too. She's been given it from Dr. Doom. Is that the impression you got? No, it's not. I, I, I don't know where it came from, but I didn't feel like he gave it to her. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, they talk about it later. And, and, I don't know if it's so much that she got it from him as much as that might be part of the gifts that he's given is he might have given her tech uh, because then Victor, he uses the box for the first time. And um, I almost get the impression that that's some technology that Victor is going to be able to work with that. You know, he, he, I feel like they're all doing these things for this guy, but with his, his help. I don't know. Right. Well, it seemed like the box wasn't built by Victor either, because once he realizes what it's done, he's like, oh, this is the theory stuff I've been thinking about or I've yeah, been hearing yeah. about. And, and I didn't think it was possible. And then based on what Dr. Doom was saying about the basement, it seems like he might be an immortal guy. Like he's just had it for a long time. That's what I was picking up from that conversation. Yeah, I, they're not saying anything outright, though. Right. And I, I believe this is probably a mystery they're going to be holding on to for a while of, of who this guy is. Maybe maybe in like the last episode of this season. Well, isn't this thing only like 10 episodes? Yeah. Yeah. We only have like four more to go after this. Yeah. But yeah, they everyone's surprised at what happens, though. Like yeah. no one expected what was going on. No one well, likes that they have to wear these red robes. Except for what's her name? <laughs> the church lady. Leslie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's not yeah, and they they get an explanation though of how this happens, and this is this is the MCU science behind how this box works. It's the pure conversion of matter to energy in a form that can be absorbed by the human body. Ew. Yeah, and then Leslie says he lives on eternal. I think it was Leslie who said that, but someone yeah. says he lives on eternal because he's been turned into energy. And, you know, that's a that's a thing, you know, uh, nothing ceases to exist. It just changes form. Right. You know, as far as when we die, and we turn to dust and or if we are, you know, when we are eating fish, you know, that the flesh of the fish becomes energy for us. And that's where I get the impression that. I mean, clearly they were using the sacrifices. In present day to give health to Jonah. Right. And, and so it's almost, I just feel like it's, it's a sci-fi energy version of, you know, eating some fish or chicken or, (laughs) you know, if you're vegetarian, eating some vegetables um, Mm. or, you know, cookie or, or whatever it's, it's being ingested and the energy of the things, plant life, 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 um, 
becomes part of you and you use it for energy. And that's what Jonah is doing here, I think. But I don't know, because here there's only one box. But before when we were watching it, Jonah was actually in a box and and then the the sacrificial lamb was was in another box. So Right. Well Jonah wasn't there for this one, was he? He's somewhere else. Oh, he was there for this one. He was in the room when they did the Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Maybe he wasn't. So. Yeah, I think he was missing and I think cuz otherwise he'd be saying the stuff and not the his wife or whatever. So I'm pretty oh, sure maybe. he was somewhere else, yeah. <clears throat> maybe, but he I I'm really curious and I'd like to find out, you know. Yeah. Uh let's 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 stick with this Jonah guy. It, this is a he's a nice addition. He's been there since the beginning. We just didn't know who he was since the beginning and now he's everything's getting thrown out of whack for everyone now. And here's kind of the beginning of that, but in the present day, he is an agent of chaos for everyone and actually everyone is agents of chaos here. Uh no one is <laughs> they're all causing trouble. Uh Gert's parents are causing trouble because they were thinking about running away. And then you have the, the affair that's happening. And now the kids know about the parents stuff and it's just, everything is falling apart. Well, yeah, the kids, the kids are causing chaos as well. Yeah. Those poor, poor murdering cultists. They just, they never can catch a break. You know, you just feel so sorry for them. Yeah. Yeah. These wealthy murdering cultists. (sighs) well, yeah, unfortunately, I I don't know why they didn't just name the show after them. I mean, they named the show after their kids. That's weird. Yeah. Clearly, the parents are the, <laughs> the main characters here. They're the ones you're meant to sympathize with. Right, right. So, uh, anyway, let's go into Act One. Unless you have something else to say about, nope. um, okay, Act One. Alex calls Nico. So Alex is kind of the he's the smart guy who's behind everyone, and they're. They're talking about the plan that they have to hack into the servers to the gala that night. And uh, after Alex gets done talking to Nico, Tina, Nico's mother, comes into the room and says, hey, I want to train you with your wand. And Nico is excited about this. And all right, Evan. Yes. Okay, so here we have it. Um, I gather, again, you know, we, we verb this. When we say you MCU something, it means taking it from comics giving it a semi-realistic real world sci-fi explanation the wand she yes. she says picture the first thing that comes to mind and you know it's kind of this magic wand but how does it work well it needs blood and it reads your mind that's that's how nico takes it right. and tina says no it's science and then nico says well if by science you mean high tech magic then then sure but the reason it needs blood it's designed to respond to tina's dna alone right and she's got enough of it that in it her works. body work. yeah 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 good mcuing what do you think yeah it's yeah it's not a magic wand it's a, it's a power <laughs> stick thing yeah it's and, and so they this was created though by their firm is what Tina says to Nico. Okay. Um, that now that doesn't mean it's true. I mean, Tina right. definitely has reasons if it was designed and given to her by Jonah, 
Tina absolutely has reasons not to tell Nico, uh, you know, this strange rich man who wants us to kill teenagers gave it to me. Right. Or she doesn't want to tell her about how she got it from the Sanctum Sanctorum. Which would make for a compelling story if they were to go there. I would be very, very happy if they went there. That would not be <laughs> something I would be sad about. But uh, but all this, all this time, I thought it was burning their hand. But it actually, I guess, was was pricking, pricking their hand. And that's what I that's what I thought it was doing the whole time. Pricking. Yeah. Uh, which explains then, I mean, Alex took it from her and it pricked his hand. But then. It, it didn't it's not going to respond. Yeah. 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 He's not. So, but I like the idea of, you know, cause that is something from, I mean, stories about magic always have some sort of, you know, there's a trade off, you know, and, mm. um, blood is needed. Um, I mean, and I mean, blood is so important to I life. Mean, I don't remember that happening in Cinderella, but yeah, a lot of other stories with magic. Well, I don't know about Cinderella, but, <laughs> um, but blood is needed. The, the blood sacrifice, you know, to appease the gods and all those kind of things. Right. Right. And so here you have this this kind of scientific it's not a scientific reason for all that magic that is from the fairy tales but it is definitely a scientific reason for this wand to work. It's interesting, it's kind of cool. I like what she does with it though. She yes. turns off the sound. She's like sorry, it's the first thing I thought of. Uh, the first thing I thought of was to make my mom quiet. Yes. And her mom at first is kind of a little, oh, you know, annoyed, offended, but then she finds it funny. And so this is a theme that we're going to have running in this episode. Maybe mom and dad aren't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she's thinking. That's what uh, uh, Fistigons is thinking. Chase, Chase. Let's yep. talk about Chase now then. All right. Chase and Victor are looking at the Fistigons and Victor likes what Chase has come up with for the idea. And... Uh, Victor, I think is the one who implemented it, but then chase went out, was practicing with it, quote unquote, practicing. And if by practicing, you mean, you know, fighting gangsters <laughs> for the life of your friend. Um, and then chase has to go, he wants to go hang out with his friends. And so chase leaves to go and, and talk with uh, the team of runaways. Victor. He goes to eavesdrop on Janet and Robert. Okay, so Robert is Nico's father. Uh, or yeah, and Janet is uh, Sparkle Girl's father, mother. No, no, no. Janet is is not Carolina's father or mother. Uh, Janet is Chase's mother. Chase's mother. Yeah, because it's right. Victor. Yeah. Um, and so he listens in on their conversation. Robert gives Janet a gun, says it's time to tell Victor about the affair and Victor hears everything. He doesn't see the gun. Right. Um, and so he probably doesn't know that she has that gun, but this is a rare example where I feel like we actually have Chekhov's gun. Like literally. Right. And, and it's not used at the end. Like, I don't know where this is going to come in handy later on in another episode, maybe, but yeah. It might just be Chekhov's gun for the season. Yeah, the payoff not the did not happen in this episode. Correct. <laughs> but yeah, you had some of Chekhov's stuff happening because, I mean, I thought this was interesting because he's he knows about the affair the whole time. That's something that you don't usually see. Um, not as often, anyway. And he's not, a, he's not a dude that you want knowing about your secret stuff. 
No, not if your secret stuff involves keeping secrets from him. Right, and betraying him utterly. Yeah, completely betraying him. Yeah. Yeah, so then we have Carolina, who is looking at pictures of her grandfather's drawings of light people. And she has a conversation with Frank, who she believes is her father. Uh, And they're talking about, was this whole beings of light thing that grandpa talked about a metaphor? Was it really a metaphor? That's what you say. It's, it's a metaphor. And was it something more? And of course, Frank doesn't have any answers. He doesn't have any answers for his own questions. And then she asks him, why weren't you in pride? Everyone else, their our parents do it together. And Frank says, ah, I guess this is just something that your mother wants to herself, which is kind of normal. I mean, that's that's just the way she does things. She wants things to herself. Like that room that no one's allowed to go into that contains Jonah. Yeah. So that's that's Carolina. And, and this is interesting. My, what I'm curious about is can her mother do what she does? Did her I, gra- grandfather, was he able to do what she does? Well, we know her mom is because her mom did that crazy light show, weird adult content thing with Jonah. Yeah, was, yeah. But that wasn't rainbow stuff. You know, it wasn't yeah. quite the same. Yeah. So I, that's that's my so question. Is, is this like, is the rainbow thing their regular form? Or is there something else going on because she is the child of 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 Leslie and 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 Jonah? I do not know. And so maybe she's got something more going on than they do. I would think that at least the rainbow form is her regular form, because whenever she takes that thing off, it's just there. Yeah. She's not like, trying to do anything. Um. So. Yeah, that's definitely there want- to stifle her power. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to follow characters or just keep going by commercial breaks? Yeah, let's go by commercial breaks because, yeah. The the next thing that happens here is the team just, they make their transportation plan. And they're all, all the kids are basically conflicted. But ultimately, Alex puts it best, you know, time to talk is over. We we aren't going to talk about this with our parents now. Yeah, he's not very conflicted. Yeah. He's pretty set. So they're all in. And they all put their hands in to a pile. Yeah. <laughs> Have a Guardians of the Galaxy moment. Yeah. Calling out the trope. Yeah. Uh, the way Chase puts it. Sorry, I didn't know putting my hand in a pile was some sort of legally binding contract. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So act two, we're at the party. Well, no, not yet. We're getting ready for the party. That's what it is. And Alex and his dad not getting along at all. Because Alex straight up. Straight up tells him, you're not a good person. And yeah. I'm not going to pretend like nothing's wrong. That's not going to fix anything. He says, I know too much. Yeah. Like, you don't say that. Don't say that to your dad. <laughs> you can tell him, I don't like you anymore. I hate you. You can tell him, I, you know, you're not a good person. But don't say, I know too much. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little ominous. And well, yeah. At least he didn't say that to his mom. Because his mom probably would have just killed him right there. I don't know. I don't know because his mom finds out someone else knows more than she thought. So, uh, Nico's mom is actually smiling at Nico though. They're getting along fine. 
And Tina hopes that the gala might be a new start for the family. But Robert gives a hug look without the hug. Um, as she walks out of the room, he's like, I don't want to hug you, but I still want to give the look that says something's up. And yes, the gala will be a new start for a few people in the families. Tina and Carolina are getting ready together and it's, um, weren't they the two that were in the bathroom in the first episode where they kind of had this weird conversation? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This, I feel like this kind of mirrors that, uh, Nico gives her a pep talk about her powers. Don't be ashamed. And Carolina is worried about her powers coming from what the parents are doing. Mm. But Nico says, no, you're you, you're not your parents. And then Molly and Gert interrupt what was almost some sort of moment between them. Well, because she ends up almost telling Nico that she likes her. Yeah. Um, but Molly and all, Molly and Gert come in at just the right or just the wrong time. Well, I mean, Nico knows, I think, at this point. It's fairly obvious what was going to be said. Yeah. And they I all mean, go to the party I, in a limo. My baby's crying in the background. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, I can. So just that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see if it ends up in the final mix, but yeah. All right. <laughs> so they go in a limo and who's their chauffeur? Stan, the man. Oh, was it Stan Lee? That's right. <laughs> Stan Lee. And here's the story behind that. Um, he did like four movie cameos in front of a green screen for upcoming Marvel movies. This was not one of those things. But since they shoot in Los Angeles, which is super obvious, because if right. you're watching on Hulu, you're getting four to five advertisements about Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, Los Angeles, I think, gave them some tax incentives or something like that. But yeah, uh, since he lives in Los Angeles, they thought, well, we well, let's go ahead and try it. Let's see if we can get him to, to come. And since this wasn't a hard transportation situation, he was able to come in and he was our chauffeur. <laughs> and I'm sure there's plenty of limos lying around on the studio lot. So yeah. they could use. Yeah. So they get there and this is what Alex says. Everyone thinks our parents are the heroes. And then we have this really cool kind of montage kind of thing where this really great storytelling with no dialogue. It's all about the relationships. It's all about people standing with one another or looking at one another or, you know, noticing something about how people are standing with one another or looking at one another. And it's all this no dialogue, but it's all about the relationship of, of the characters that are on the screen and kudos to the director of this episode. I feel like this was really well done. It, maybe not the most original thing, but at the same time, you don't see it as often because it's a lot easier just to have characters say things instead of looks and, and, and not a lot of embrace looks as well. Not a lot of, of the, the hug look where yeah. I'm, I'm hug, I'm looking away so you can't see my expression, but it really is just kind of this. Everyone's kind of playing close to the vest poker faces on. And I, I liked it a lot. I really liked that segment. But it ends with uh, Frank, Leslie, and Jonah in their scene together. Frank and Leslie are talking. No, yeah, and, and then Jonah comes and interrupts and and says literally, "Frank, do you mind if I steal your wife?" Yeah, 
but he doesn't even do it. He doesn't even do it in like a way that's supposed to be nonchalant. He's like, you clearly read his tone. Like, no, I, I really want to steal your wife. <laughs> I fully intend to steal your yes. wife. Yeah. And then we get this weird light effect and it's kind of this flashback that Frank has where he's walking in to the, maybe the 2001 hotel room or, or yeah, maybe not. That's what I got out of it. But he walks in on his wife and Jonah and, and then he's told to get out and that's weird. See, it seems like they've somehow wiped that memory from his mind in the past and now he's recalling it somehow. Right. And they even call it out later on. They say he's not supposed to remember anything about Jonah. Mm. And that's later on when uh, Jonah. Jonah talks to. Um, he goes and oh, he approaches Carolina at the very end of this episode and says he's an old friend of your mother's. And it's nice to finally meet you face to face. And Frank doesn't want any of that. And he goes and says, hey, what's going on? And. He, they talk about him not going ultra and Jonah says, you went ultra. You just don't know it. And he puts his arm around Frank and, and leads Frank away. And this is when it said, you know, Frank shouldn't have any memory of Jonah. Mm. So that's, it's, it's interesting, but then there's another thing that happens at the end of this episode where I'm wondering if we're getting some more mind wiping and some memory wiping. So we'll, we'll get to that, but. Yeah, anything more here about Frank, Leslie, and Jonah? Nope. How about, uh, uh, do you feel bad for Frank? Because <laughs> I sure do. Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> that guy. And that was one of the more uh, salacious scenes in the series. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, of course, yeah. Poor Frank. I mean, <laughs> everybody's lying to him. He's getting cheated on. His daughter's not his daughter. He's a failing actor. The question I have, though, was Leslie married to Frank before oh, this whole thing know. with Jonah? No, I don't think so. I think I think she had to take him to be a, a trophy husband for the church. Yeah, because he, it's been said before that he's used his acting talent to be a great salesman for the church and a spokesperson for it. Yeah. So he has, he has been effective for their ends. So technically, technically though, I wonder if Frank, if she was involved with Jonah before Frank was, was a part of the picture. I think so. Yeah. So Frank is the other guy. Jonah is not the other man. Frank is the other man. He's still a poor, unfortunate soul. He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I just feel really bad for him. And I'm just wondering, I mean, I'm just waiting for him to get killed is really what it comes down to. Yeah. Like I, I thought he was, I thought he was going to be the sacrifice and not, uh, what's his name? Who got oh, shot? Totally. I yeah. totally thought that too, but that hasn't happened yet. And you know, every, every episode he survives, I'm, I'm just, he's on death watch for me. Yeah. I want him to be able to get some sort of satisfaction, but I'm waiting for him to get some sort of execution. Yeah. All right. So moving on to act three, uh, we find out that Gert wants Carolina to like Nico so she can, well, this is not, not news. Uh, so she can have chase and Carolina is kind of a jerk about it. And I 
I don't like Carolina's attitude. I mean, I understand she's going through a lot of stuff, but yeah, she doesn't have to be well, mean, mean to Gert like that. Well, but this is she's losing it. She's losing it big time because she's she's just like forget it. Everything that I ever thought in my life was true is absolutely false. Everything that I thought would lead to the perfect good is is false. It's completely nothing. It's worthless. And so I'm mad and I'm just going to go drink away my sorrows and I don't care what I say to anybody. Well, yeah, let's follow that up because yeah. first of all, there's a great joke with Gert's parents where she walks past them and they say something like, hey, great to see you. Did you try the the bacon wrapped dates? <laughs> and then they're like, we didn't because we're Jewish. And it's like, <laughs> Is bacon wrapped dates a thing? I mean, it's totally not kosher <laughs> if it is, but is it a thing? It's California. Who knows? <laughs> so maybe it is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she takes a bottle of vodka, heads up the stairs, chase followers up the stairs. He finds her drinking alone on the the uh, the roof of the building, and um, she accidentally slips off the side of the building as he's talking with her because uh, she's kind of be she's kind of being self-destructive here. Uh, you get the impression she just doesn't care at this moment. I, I don't think she's suicidal at this moment, but she just doesn't care. And then she falls off and he, he tries to grab for her and, and the, the bracelet comes off and she can fly. She, she can, can fly. fly. She, she can, can fly. fly. Oh man. <laughs> I feel bad. We both went there. <laughs> she can fly. She flies up. She lands. They talk. He kisses her. They embrace, and, and she does she the gives look. a hug look. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but he says, "I just can't believe I've waited until now to kiss you." And yeah, she's like, "Yeah, I know what you mean." Yeah, I, I totally. <laughs> I'm gonna hug you now, so you can't see how I'm really feeling. But yeah, I, this whole thing, though, I mean, it's a, it's a. So far, I mean, she's the one who has the most compelling of the the superhero stuff going on, I think. Yeah, she definitely has the coolest powers. She has the coolest powers, and she has the mystery of the bracelet. And Molly has a mystery, and it's kind of fun. I like her weakness. I really like that Molly, you know, she hulks out, but then she really has to sleep it off. Right. Because it just drains her her body. I I love that weakness. Um, But I'm, I'm more curious... They, they both have a mystery. Where does this power come from? But I'm more curious about Carolina's mystery because that's – they could totally be aliens. I'm just going to say it. They could be aliens. They can't be mutants. Right. I doubt – I sincerely doubt they're inhumans um, yeah, because none real. of them went through teragenesis. None of them you know went through the, the process. But um, she's some sort of cool alien. Ah, That'd be neat. It'd be neat. That'd be neat. So Chase, yeah, the guy's clueless, but in a good way. Yeah, well, I mean, he likes her and he he thinks they've got a good thing going on because he saved her life. Um, or not? Yeah. Well, now, no, now he saved her life. He saved her life by grabbing the bracelet off her arm as she's falling. Well, and before he he stopped her from being uh, raped, so that's also a thing. Yeah, yeah. And she's grateful. I mean, he's a good friend, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's going to be friend zone. Yeah. Well, totally. (laughs) 
So moving on to Molly, uh, she's texting Catherine for information on oh her parents. Oh my gosh. I was talking out loud, Ben. You know how I do. I do know how you do. <laughs> what were you saying to Molly? I was like, you fool! <laughs> <laughs> Just yelling it, man. I was so mad at her. Uh, well, I mean, at this point, you're, you're just like, oh, that's not good texting her. But she she is the worst person to be texting to the the Catherine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because she, she she feels like the most ruthless of all of them, even more so than <laughs> Tina. I don't know, man. I mean, she's she's definitely in the top tier of ruthlessness. And <laughs> Victor's up there, too. But he did not seem like he's he seemed to have some serious reservations about killing that one girl with his bare hands. Whereas I think Alex's mom would just be like, it's got to be done. I'm going to do it right now. Then I'm going to go eat cake. Yeah, we'll come back to to Molly, though. Uh, Were you were you talking to Molly here or were you talking to Molly in act four? Whole time. Okay. Every time she's doing stuff like this. Uh. Well, She's young. She's immature. You know, kids make bad choices sometimes. You know how it goes. Yes. So you like were, you were a kid once. We all were. <laughs> These people are murderers. <laughs> but they have oh. information about her parents. Oh my goodness. Get it while they're in jail. <laughs> Grief. Doesn't she watch the flash? You can go in there and you can talk to people in jail. Well, as we said, ball. it is quite possible that she watches the flash on the CW. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Oh man. So Alex, Gert, and Nico, they send they're they're the ones who are on the mission. They send Gert in to flirt with the guard. So Gert does the flirt. She does an exceptional job. Well, she is <laughs> I mean, there couldn't have been a more perfect guard for her to flirt with as far as uh, I mean they're they're talking about uh Kafka's metamorphosis <laughs> yeah. and getting into the deep nitty-gritty and yeah, yeah, there there was not a better person for her to be able to just engage with on you know there's obviously some physical flirtation going on with her coming in close and and giving looks and that kind of thing but it's she's engaged the brain right there and he is in it he loves it perfect so they go and they get up to the servers and alex quotes tron as he gets ready to hack the server and i'm i'm digging it i'm digging it a little little disney reference there but he can't plug in, so they go to the mom's office. They go to Tina's office, Nico's mother's office. And um, Gert is vamping for time by playing the Star Wars arcade game to distract the guard. Again, he's digging it. He's loving it. The rare it. and expensive yeah. arcade game. That Robert gave to Tina on their first anniversary of opening the business or whatever. And hmm, that's that's nice. Um Alex gets mom's password to get into the office. He guesses it. He guesses it. We'll we'll talk about what it is maybe when we get to act four, but um, they get to the desk and another DNA prick turns on the desk, which also reminded me of Tron. I don't know if you remember in the first Tron movie, but the bad guy had the desk and um, the CPU would uh, would have words appear on the screen as he's he's communicating with a bad guy in the human world and i i, I don't know I, maybe i shouldn't go there in my mind but i'm thinking they're referencing tron again and i'm cool with that the mcp it's coming ah uh, the mcp not cpu that's right 
<laughs> so, but again, going back to that blood, the DNA, I'm just thinking, how often is Tina using her desk? Yeah, it's got to hurt. She's got to like, prick her fingers every time. Oh, people, people that do that who have diabetes, they got to do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if it, if it, if it does it have to shut down and then it needs the DNA prick or if it just goes to sleep or goes here's, to screensaver, is that okay? Here's my question. Why are you running your finger along the side of that glass desk? Like you're going to find something. It's just a glass desk. I think she was looking for a button. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I have a computer that <laughs> there's a computer in my closet at work that runs, um, monitors in, in the, the main uh, meeting area of our, of our church and that computer, I w- I had to turn it back on after a power outage. I could not find the button for the life of me. I'm just running my fingers all over the sides. The sides are clearly smooth. The front is smooth and I'm still running my fingers trying to find the stupid power button, which is on the top of the tower, but it was on a shelf that's above uh, eye level. And so I'm like reaching up and I finally had to just text the, the tech guy. And he says, I think it's on the top. And I'm like, yeah, it's right there. But that's what she was doing. She's just running her hands all over trying to find a button to turn on something. It's experience. I've experienced this. So I I just I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I'm looking at my wooden desk here and I would never think to run my fingers along the side of this wooden desk, which is clearly just wood. But her desk was all monitor. Like this. It was a clear desk. The whole (laughs) doesn't make the case for me very well, but it was. That's what I'm saying. It's it looks like glass. I don't know. But anyway, it happened. They they pricked the thing and they've they've opened it up. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do find it kind of funny that they're hiding behind a clear desk. Yeah. (laughs) When when her mom comes in. So true. Uh, Meanwhile, at the ceremony, Tina gives her speech. Frank has a headache and she says, I, I think Frank wants to say something. And, um, and Frank, uh, I'm just going to say, yeah, alcohol and brain tumors maybe don't mix. Cause he completely outs Janet and Robert as having an affair in front of everyone and then faints. And there are a lot of dramatic looks and glances between the people after this. And we cut to commercial. This, this scene was brutal, man. Yeah, I mean, usually, like, in scenes like this, I, when, when there's high tension scenes, like, I, I can't look at the screen. It fills me with too much anxiety. Um, like, <laughs> for most of the episodes of The Office, I can't maintain eye contact with the screen. So you're, you're talking about the high tension awkwardness, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not so high tension, like, ninjas are fighting you and everyone's going to die. Correct, correct. <laughs> but- like okay. emotional, emotional, high tension, awkwardness and, and horrible social settings. Yeah. So Michael Scott um, has come out. He said something really no. inappropriate, but doesn't realize it. And you can't look at the screen. Is what there's an episode. There's an episode called Scott's Tots, which I cannot watch. Oh, I cannot man. watch that. episode. <laughs> One time I was watching it and it was just skipping to the next one. And it came on and I realized two minutes in that it was that episode. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I started. Is that the one where he promises college to all the kids? Yes. That's yes, a great is. episode. Oh, my goodness oh, gracious. It's so bad. <laughs> you're just watching like how in the world is he going to get out of this i could not do it <sighs> anyway so so you you were not looking at the screen for this or you were 
No. So usually that stuff happens, but he just I wasn't expecting this. Like usually there's building tension. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, oh, by the way, these guys are having an affair. And I was like, what? So it didn't affect me this time. And I was just taken. It, it, I liked this scene because it was just so just the the thing I was not expecting to happen. <laughs> um, and it just blows the lid off of everything. So, oh, it sure does. It sure does. Act four. <laughs> if Victor has just outed uh, Janet and Robert, Chase outs Victor with the brain tumor. Yes. And it what? It needed to happen. That's good for everybody. It it is. It is. And and yeah. Uh, so Gert's parents are going to call nine one one, but Leslie says, "No, I've got a better idea." Jonah. They need Victor. And so Jonah has something uh, that they're going to use to help Victor get better. And, and Victor doesn't want Janet to be in there, even though she's concerned. But <laughs> I love this. Jonah says that I have something that uses the DNA of someone with an extraordinary immune system. So I don't know who that is. It well, could be almost anyone. I was waiting for the liquid to be blue which is the color of the super soldier serum in Captain America and in the incredible Hulk. But it was not. No, no. (laughs) It was a whitish clear color. And it concerns me Ben, because I went to the dentist on Monday and I've got some gum stuff that they gave me some, uh, swishing mouthwash for some Uh medicated stuff. And, uh, it looks exactly like this fluid <laughs> that they've given to Victor. So do not inject this fluid, Evan. It's uh, it's too late. It's it been five not, days now. It is not so, going to help your uh, immune system if you inject. We'll see it. what happens. We'll see what happens to Victor. I mean, uh, and then you can just expect that same thing to be happening to me. <laughs> well, what happens to Victor is he gets up and acts like nothing happened and everything's normal. He hugs Janet and Chase. And I think they wiped his memory. I think he doesn't remember the affair or what oh, just really? happened. Yeah. I think that he's just, like he said, he's got a new lease on life. He, I think the, the news of the brain tumor was really affecting him emotionally and psychologically. And now he's choosing to forgive and forget. And because of that generosity that he is giving, I think he's assuming and expecting that everybody else will do the same and she will stay married him and all that stuff that's what i got out of it okay so well, well it will be seen whether or not he remembers any of this stuff he is absolutely acting like i mean you're saying forgive and forget i'm saying forced to forget but no matter what in this scene he is clearly acting like nothing happened right i think it's his ego like no i could see that because you know you wouldn't betray me again and now that you know that I was about to die, but now I'm back. Why would you leave me? You know, I don't know. Yeah. And cause here's the other thing is Janet has already noticed that Victor is acting nicer. Right. And, and this is this, this whole episode, a lot of the people in this episode are either trying to repair relationships or they're noticing that the relationship doesn't feel as bad as it was before uh, with, with Nico and Tina, with Victor and Janet and chase um, or if you're Nico's dad, you're noticing that things aren't staying the way they were and you're ready to, to pounce. Yeah. Yeah. You're giving, you're, you're giving your, 
And the person you're having the affair with, you're giving them a gun. Yeah. So. And pushing up the timetable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything more than about Victor and, and that situation before we head over to Tina and and her office? Nope. Okay. So Tina goes past Gert as Gert is playing on the video game. There is an awkward situation there because Tina has just found out that Robert is having an affair. And the video game was given to her by Robert. Mm-hmm. And it's really expensive. And it's really expensive. And the guards are both playing the video game with Gert. And they're the ones who told Gert, don't touch this. Right, we'll right. Get massive trouble <laughs> if we touch it. Yeah, but they're they're loving it. They, yeah. Now, it does get a little awkward where um, one of the guards is like, where were the girls like you when I was in high school? And she's all, <laughs> did you just try the theater department or the, the library? Because <laughs> we existed. <laughs> you know, here's the thing, though. I wonder that, too, because I think it's hilarious right now on Facebook that all of these old friends from high school who like totally made fun of me and my friends for liking Star Wars, for liking comic books, for playing role playing games, that kind of thing. Um, and they're posting about Star Wars and how they had they they. It's not even that they had to go and see Star Wars with their kid. They wanted to go see Star Wars with their kid. And I'm like, see, it is cool. It is cool. You can admit it now. Did you did you tape, type that on there? No way. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I, it's, it's satisfying for me just to know that they know it's cool and that they know there's some really neat stuff there. So I'm I'm totally accepting of that. But anyway... So I- I love that second guard guy. He's he's a cool guy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, how old are you? Yeah, yeah. Then she's, like, I'm out of like, here. All right, now yeah. we're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that least he's is. asking. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's trying to be nice, but yeah, that was that was awkward. So, uh, anyway, Tina is going to the office. Gert warns them. She gets up there. And she sits quietly and cries and Nico wants to go to her. And it, it just, in a lot of ways, I don't trust Tina. I feel bad for Tina in some ways, but I feel really bad for Nico because she's just nice. She wants to help her mom and her mom is actually being nice to her now. And yeah. So when Tina finally leaves, they, they leave behind her. Uh, but Nico is suspicious about this whole password thing. How does Alex know the password? And he says, oh, I just figured your mom's so busy. So she's her password was password. You think he's telling the truth? That's my question. That's my. Yeah, that's a question because that's a pretty out there guess. And I feel like if you would have typed in the password wrong, a like alarm system would have gone off or something. So I think he might have some like talk to machines powers that he's not aware of. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Okay. What that, did you think? <laughs> well, I wondered if the password was Robert. Ah, uh, you know, like, or Nico or her sister or Amy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the password was something he figured it out. Not because, Oh, your mom's so busy. I think it was something that he figured out because he knew about Gotcha. Her mom, you know, or see, I'm just sad because Alex doesn't have any powers or cool things except for hacking. Yeah. You know what, though? It, that's comic accurate. 
in, in the is comic. It? Yeah, he didn't have any powers in the comic. He was just the man with the plan. He was okay. Hannibal Smith. Because I didn't, I didn't read all of the first arc, so I didn't know if he got stuff later. No, no. Basically, it comes down to if he has powers, it's some sort of brain power where he's really smart. Gotcha. And able to put together details and come up with plans and stuff. And so, they're, I mean, they're doing that well here. He's putting together details. He's he's putting, he's making plans, and and he can hack computers and he's he's smart. But this is where he's not. I don't feel like he. Okay, if he has powers, like you're saying, I could see that. But this is not where he he doesn't get the password because he's computer smart. He is, but he gets the password because he's he's person smart. He's people smart. And he, he just figured out the mom. So that is my thought on that. All right. Then Chase comes and breaks the news to Nico. Guess what? <laughs> my... My mom is having an affair and she's trying to guess who his, she keeps interrupting. And then finally, yeah. you know, no, my mom is having an affair with your dad. And she's like, my dad, she just can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she, she, that was the last person she would have expected. Yeah. And I, I feel like because of that, it's almost an even worse betrayal for her Yeah, to find out that her, it's her dad who, who is doing this and not the mom. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> she even guessed the mom before dad. Right. So, um, okay. We've talked about Victor acting like nothing happened. We talked about Jonah and Carolina. One last thing to talk about. And that's Molly. Oh no. (laughs) Okay. So first thing that Molly does is she follows chase and Carolina up to the top of the building, sees them kiss and tells Gert Tells Gert. about it. (laughs) She's just tired of secrets. Yeah, I can't hold it anymore. I shouldn't have told you that, but I can't stop myself. No more secrets. And then she <laughs> talks to Catherine. And <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad that it's good because she's talking to Catherine and says something about oh, there's not much time. That was, I think, in her text. And Catherine's like, what do you mean? There's not much time. We don't have much time. What's this about? And, and she's, oh, uh, you know, uh, just because I'm getting impatient and I didn't see anything. And, and then yeah, Catherine's like, well, you didn't see anything? What? Oh, nothing. Just red robes. Like, I think you guys are having a costume party oh, or something. <laughs> and she's out there. <laughs> so horrible. So Catherine goes to Jeffrey and Alex's parents now have proof that at least Molly knows what's going on. And she's the one they suspected anyway, because right. of the, the hair pretty thing that she had. So, <laughs> Oh, Molly, 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 Molly. Who knows what they're going to try to do to her? <laughs> I don't know either. Cause they were going to mind wipe her. Right. They were going to use that. And again, that's actually something uh, that's a comic thing as well. That, that was part of, of uh, I think Gert's Gert's parents, or it might have been Molly's parents in the comic that that uh, designed this designer drug that allows you to take away memories. But yeah, oh Molly, <laughs> makes me mad. But she's just a kid. 
She's just I still a kid. Over my that's, television, Ben. That's that's a lot to ask a child, yeah. you know, to do to hide secrets and yeah, especially when You're she she, <laughs> she just wants answers, yeah. and this is the only person who has the answers. Right, of course. Man. <laughs> oh, I I loved it. I loved it. Do you have any idea how mad you would be in real life oh. if you had this person on your team? I would be so mad. Yeah. So <laughs> mad. This would just be it's these are life and death. People are gonna live and gonna die. And I would not be laughing and saying I love it. Good grief. If yeah. I was, I don't know, Alex or Chase or, right. or or even Gert for that matter. If I was Gert, I'd be double mad. Yeah. Oh yeah. But <laughs> so that's our episode. And I Again, I mean, we're just reiterating, I think, what we've said before, but we're six episodes in. Uh, all of them, if I if we're just doing a, a pass-fail or a negative-positive, thumbs-up, thumbs-down, they all have been thumbs-up for me. Yep. And I think they've all been so good that we could now get – I think we could have two stinkers in a row, and the goodwill of these six episodes is enough to keep us moving. You said that two episodes in a row. Huh? You said that two episodes. No, no, no. I, I said we could have a stinker of an episode. What I'm saying now is we could have two stinkers. Mm. I've I've doubled up or doubled down, whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm what I'm really curious about is what are we building up to for episode ten? Well, um, I assume it has something to do with the destruction of Los Angeles. Maybe based maybe. on that future screen thing. The the thing is, and and. Not usually. Well, maybe it is usually. A lot of times when I'm watching something like this, especially if it's episodic, and I, I just feel like I don't know what direction we're going in. And I, I don't like that. I like to know what direction we're going in, even if we're going to take a zig or a zag. With this, I feel like I don't know what direction we're going in, but I feel like we're going somewhere. And and I don't feel like this is directionless. Right. I don't and know I, the end game, but I, I feel like we're on a track that we just can't see past the horizon. And I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. With yeah. I like not being able to predict where the episodes are going to go. Well, and it, yeah. And it really helps that it's like a property that I don't, you know, I've read the comic books, but it's not like I, I super care about the, like, I don't care about these characters. Like it would for Superman or let's say star Wars. As a random example, um, we're not going to go there <laughs> right now, though. But but it's nice to watch these cool characters that I know about. I've read the comic, but I, I can't remember. I, I didn't read till the end of it, so I like that it's keeping me in the dark. It's keeping me guessing, and and the choices they're they're not what I expected. So I yeah. Like it. Well, and, and the thing is with the comic is the the beginning of the series really felt like they were adapting the beginning of the comic. But at this point, I don't feel like that's where we're going. We could. At the, uh, they could still go where that original comic book story arc went. Um, they they could fit it in. I could see it They're working. Just taking longer to get there. They could. They could be. Yeah. But they I'm, also could be doing something completely different, and and it still is working. What do you think the chances are that this crosses over at some point with Cloak and Dagger, the show? I don't know because that's actually a crossover that they did. In, in the comic series and it, it makes sense because 
Now, in Cloak and Dagger, they were basically adult characters who had right. been runaways. Uh, but if they crossed over with the Cloak and Dagger TV show, they'd all be runaways and, and kind of that same teenage age. But yeah, I I don't think the chances are very high. But you know, I'm I'm Eeyore sometimes. So yeah, well, I'd I'd agree with you with Marvel. I mean, I think it would be totally a thing if CW was doing it, um, which is sad. I mean, Marvel they're so they are so in tune with what the fans want and they are, they are producing some quality stuff, but I think they are missing a little bit with the whole, we're not going to hardly ever cross pollinate. Um, and I think that's if they, if they finally got on board with that, I think you'd have even more fan appreciation, but the question is, could they do it and still keep up the quality? Well, and the thing is they're they're not cross pollinating with um platforms so i mean netflix is all about cross-pollinating all those netflix series are are crossing over and back and not not back and forth too much but there's some and obviously the movies are are crossing over with characters back and forth yes um and then you have inhumans which is based on a subplot from agents of shield Right. Um, but we, we haven't gotten Sam Jackson back since season one on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or it's been it's been a long stretch since we've had a guest star from the films. Right. We had uh, we had we had uh, Nick Fury and we had Sif yeah. and we had Agent Sitwell. And yes, you know, and so yes, but again, that's because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was it's a different platform. Yeah. Well, and we had the, the president from uh, Iron Man 3. That's true. That's true. Uh, and Age of the Shield is definitely the place where they're trying, I think, to do the most with with the world building. Uh, everywhere else is kind of well, with Runaways. I mean, they're absolutely not even doing the simple the event. Remember the event? Yeah. No. yeah. I mean, Nico could totally be. I've got powers just like, you know, those that hammer guy, you know, and, or Doctor Strange or whatever. But or Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, in some ways that's actually not a bad thing though, because there no, are, I, I totally, are, there's occasional crossovers in comics where you'd be like, who is this character and why should I care about them? Go buy their comic book. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to know anything about them, you know, you're not going to get it from this story cause it's too short, but. Right. And that's the only reason that they're appearing in the Superman or mm-hmm. Batman book is so that you can know about them now and go buy their comic book. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think that wraps this episode up. I do have one person we need to thank, and that is Sarah1986, who left us a a review in iTunes. And generally speaking, we don't read our iTunes reviews out loud on the air, but I do want to say thank you for leaving your review, uh, Sarah1986. The the review title was Runaways, and that's why I'm I'm, uh, mentioning it here rather than our regular uh, feedback for our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. Um, but I do want to make sure you know that we, we did get that, Sarah1986, and we appreciate it. And we want to just thank you very much for for sending us that feedback through iTunes. That It's nice. We like it. We like it. It's glad to know. It's good to know that the people are listening out there. So thank you very much. And uh, we don't have any feedback for this episode. Um, 
we may for for next, but we don't for this one. So all that said, um, I don't know. Do you have any, any final words, Evan, before we hit the button? I'm really mad at Molly. <laughs> yeah. Let's, I, let's see what happens. <laughs> Molly. Everything was going so great. So smooth. Not anymore. Not <laughs> any more. <laughs> yeah, I still like you, Molly. Molly, we're still friends. We're still friends. Oh, man. That poor girl. There are actually so many people in this episode. You could just say that poor fill in the blank. Yeah. That poor husband. <laughs> that poor jilted lover. Ah. <laughs> uh. That poor Frank. Yeah, poor Frank. I felt really bad for Nico's mom. I did too. I mean, <clears throat> she's not a nice person. No. And, and, and she's I, a murderer. Yeah, and I, I was just saying, she's not a good person. <laughs> but but she, she's trying to fix her marriage. And she and was betrayed. Love her family. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and you get the feeling that they all are just feeling like, okay, 15 years ago, we did not want to do this, but we were stuck and now we're finally almost at the end and, and everything's going bad in different ways now, but yeah, you, you reap what you sow, you reap what you sow. And if you make a deal with the devil, you got to pay the devil his due. And so Evan, um, yeah, as, as Alex said, time to talk is over. Ben, what do you want to talk about for post-credit? Uh, didn't you hear? Time to talk is over. <laughs> <laughs>